video game news and video game music. This is Progress Bar. Welcome to the show. My name is Anthony Shelton. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Hop on into the chat at Spreaker.com. That's where we are live right now. Give me your thoughts on anything gaming related you've seen. Give me something I can react to. You can also hit me up on Skype. Username Progress Bar Radio. Speakpipe.com slash Progress Bar is another place you can also hit me up. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Metroid Zero Mission. That's coming to the Wii U. I don't get to talk a lot about Nintendo news because typically there's not a whole lot to talk about. So, Metroid Zero Mission is a basically a remake of the original Metroid. It's a great game, and it's coming to the Wii U. So I, I at least wanted to give that a shout-out. It's uh, January 14th. Thursday, one day closer to Friday. What makes an Assassin's Creed game? Is it the animus? Is it historical backgrounds? Is it the wall climbing, combat, stealth? Is it the open world? What makes an Assassin's Creed game? Game Watchers asked me to play uh, Assassin's Creed Chronicles India. They asked me to review that. So I played it, and it's interesting to see a game translate from one style to another. Uh, welcome to the chat, Jaeger, Zoro, Steven. Uh, I totally agree with uh, Metroid Zero Mission should be on the 3DS. That that shouldn't be a question. <laughs> uh, that should be automatic. Uh, they put out Golden Sun on the Wii U too. I downloaded that. That's an RPG, and yeah, it should be on the 3DS. Like, all the games that are on Wii U should be available on the 3DS. That's how it should be, but it's Nintendo, so hopefully at some point they get their act together. That would be fantastic. Any game you buy on the 3DS should be available on the Wii U, and vice versa. That's the way it should be. Hopefully, the NX, they change their style. So speaking of Nintendo, by the way, it's interesting to see a game translate from one style to another, which is what Assassin's Creed Chronicles does. Uh, 2.5D from uh, from 3D to 2.5D, right? But we also saw Mario translate from 2D to 3D. We saw Metroid from 2D to 3D. Zelda, same thing, right? And... In between all of those games, it was like, what is this going to look like? How is this going to translate? Turns out, all three of them performed very, very well. Mario 64 being my favorite, because I'm a platformer fan. But I love, love Metroid Prime. One of my top ten of all time. Uh, Zelda, Ocarina of Time, considered many people's top game of all time. It worked. Going from 2D to 3D. So to take an Assassin's Creed game and squeeze it down into a 2.5D game sounded pretty tough. So you know, I hadn't played a 2D Assassin's Creed game. So I'm like, I don't know how this game is going to turn out. I hope it's good. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But it didn't resonate with me at first. It was, it was too simplified. Like You go from this beautiful, large 3D environment... And you squeeze it down. Wall climbing didn't feel as exciting. Because you're not scaling these big towers. And these beautiful looking facades. They're just, you're just kind of climbing around. Assassin's Creed style. It functions, but it just didn't feel as exciting. Combat was simplified. In Assassin's Creed, the 3D versions, you know, you got people attacking from all different angles. This one, you could only have, like, one on each side. So it was just like, okay, not that exciting. Countering was way too easy. Literally, all you have to do is just keep tapping the button, and you could dodge and counter everything. I mean, it was inevitable that some stuff would be lost in translation. Like, you're taking an awesome concept 
No matter how you feel about Assassin's Creed, especially at this point, the idea of Assassin's Creed was cool. You know, you, you, you got this open world, you're climbing around everything, it's got some little platformy type of stuff, cool combat. You know, it was a, it was a fantastic idea. And, you know, the first one, hit or miss. Second, and Brotherhood, you know, arguably the best in the series. Obviously, they've been a lot of misses. Some are okay. But, I mean, you're taking this open world and all this stuff you can do. I mean, some stuff was bound to be lost in translation. But the question is, how much can you keep and make it still feel like the original game? And that's what happened with Zelda, Mario, and Metroid. The translation wasn't lost. You still understood the core values of Mario, of Zelda, of Metroid. Nothing was lost in translation. Everything that you understood about Metroid remained in the 3D version. Everything you understood about Mario remained in Mario. Same thing with Zelda. I would say maybe Mario was the weakest of them. Only because in traditional Mario, it was just go through one level and reach the flagpole or cut the tape or grab the star card or whatever, right? In this game, it was collect 120 stars. You know, that's not really something that happened in Mario games, but it still worked. The core values of Mario were still there. Hi, Jesse Baines. Welcome to the chat. Thanks for joining And I felt like in Assassin's Creed Chronicles India, there was just too much lost in translation. Now, the stealth is awesome. Now, it's not like Assassin's Creed did anything revolutionary with stealth. It's not like they created their original form of it. But, you know, for Chronicles, they take ideas from Mark of the Ninja, implemented it into Chronicles India, and they did for China also, and they're going to do it for Russia, and it worked. If you haven't played Mark of the Ninja, basically what they do, uh, Clay Entertainment, what they did was you could see all the sounds you make. You could see the vision cones of the enemy. And basically, you know, the concept was, you know, if you were to sneak up on somebody, you also would be able to hear their footsteps, your footsteps. You would be able to see where they're looking. And so they took that concept and just put it in 2D form, and it worked brilliantly. And it works very well in this game. Also, it's not as complex as Mark of the Ninja, but it still works. It's still challenging. But then some things they put into the game just weren't necessary, which is why I asked the question, what really makes an Assassin's Creed game? Like the Leap of Faith, for example. There was something awesome about the Leap of Faith, right? You reach the top of this tall tower. You stand on the edge of this triangular wooden platform. You hit the synchronization button, and now you're looking around and seeing all that's in front of you. And it was cool. And after that's done, you take this very long fall in this eagle-like fashion into a haystack. And they try to recreate that in this game. And it just does not feel the same. Even the synchronization part, like they had you stand on the edge and sink and all that. And it's just like, why, why did you take that and put that into the game? Like, it, ju- it doesn't have the same power as it did in the 3D versions. It's like, does that really make an Assassin's Creed game? I know it's an iconic moment, but it doesn't translate the same way. So it's not a terrible game, not at all. I just think too much was lost in translation. It's, it's a fine stealth game. If you want stealth, you could play that game and be satisfied. And they also have a new game plus... And they have like a New Game Plus hard version. Like literally like one hit and you die and all that kind of stuff. And like I said, it's not as sophisticated as Mark of the Ninja, but it's still a very, uh, very good stealth game. It's just everything else. I I just can't say it's a really good Assassin's Creed game. That's my only beef with it. But you can check out the review. It's in the uh, description section on this show. So you can check out my thoughts there in video form or in writing. Uh, Coming up, when a reviewer doesn't understand a game, whose fault is it? Is it the developer or the reviewer? You can call me on 
Skype Progress Bar Radio with your answer. But first, this is Inverted Vertigo, Ben Briggs remixed by Ben Briggs. It is on the Pocket Mind soundtrack, fully done by Big Giant Circle. You're listening to Progress Bar. This is Progress Bar Radio. My name is Anthony Shelton. This song is Inverted Inverted Vertigo. Ben Briggs remixed by Ben Briggs. You can find that on the Pocket Mind soundtrack, which is by Big Giant Circles. And that is available on Bandcamp. Uh, when a reviewer doesn't understand a game, a mechanic, a system, a plot line, or whatever it may be, whose fault is it? Is it the developer or the reviewer? Uh, I was reading a review for a Halo 5 Guardians, and this particular reviewer, he was making comments saying Halo 5 has pay-to-win uh, structure in Warzone. And I'm like, what? And if you've played Halo 5, it's a stretch to call it, it's a stretch to call it pay-to-win. Like, the whole thing being paid... No, it's got a mobile-like structure that keeps people from abusing it. So, uh, you get these... You know, Warzone works in a way... The match starts, and over time, as you get kills and as you take over bases, uh, you basically earn levels during a match. And those levels allow you to earn different power weapons and vehicles uh, that are also level-based. You can't use them. Until you reach that level. Uh, And what 343 has allowed you to do is you can earn rec packs, which are basically the cards uh, that you need to use those in Warzone. So you can either earn them by just playing the game and earning points, or you can buy the packs. But the problem is, again, if you buy the pack and you get, say, a Scorpion, which is a large tank... 
you can't use it until you reach the level in the game, which it's hard to do. Because if your team sucks, hey, sorry, you're not going to be able to use your scorpion. But the other side of that is, if you decide not to buy rec packs, it's not hard to earn points in the game. So I'm looking at the reviewer like, really? Like, pay to, like, if you want to say, like, it's got a little bit of pay to win, fine. But I feel like it's it's so hard to abuse it in a way where if you just keep paying for packs, you're just going to get everything that you want. You're just going to dominate. Not going to happen. And this guy is adamant that it's pay to win. Everything I see, pay to win. It's like, it's not pay to win. Pay to get around, maybe? Pay to not have to work hard? Okay, sure. But pay to win? Abused in that. Abused in that one. But whose fault is that? Like, is that the developer's fault? Or is that the reviewer's fault? Is it the developer's fault for not necessarily making it clear that it's not pay to win? Or is it the reviewer's fault for not understanding the system in place? In the Halo 5 Guardians position, I think it's the reviewer's fault. I think it's pretty clear. But this is the same problem with Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Because critics were saying the game was doing things it wasn't telling, they weren't telling it to do, and all this other kind of stuff. And the question is, did the critic understand what was going on? Did they do their research? If they did their homework, and they just didn't get it. Whose fault is it? Is it the developer? Or is it the reviewer? So as you know, El Zorro is one of the people who just loves this game. It's his favorite game of all time. So I've brought him on to talk about this subject. Because he is an expert on, on Out of the Shadows. He's, he's, he's put in some time, for sure. Uh, so, El Zorro. Um, what are some examples? Give me some examples of critics misunderstanding out of the shadows. Okay. The most common, uh, issue that people don't seem to understand about out of the shadows is what they claim are, uh, issues that are broken with the combat. One reviewer says here, uh, the combat is busted. The first of many broken things you'll notice in the game. There seems to be a delay between your button inputs when you and when your character actually performs the action, frequently causing you to break your own combo. Somebody else says that uh, there's a definite gap between the moment you perform an attack and the move being carried out. And then goes on to say, even if you do start to get used to this fact, it never stops being a frustration. What they don't realize is that the whole thing is set up uh, so that all of your attacks are queued up. You get uh, you get a cue of one move ahead. So if you're over here attacking somebody and you count your combos, I mean the fourth or the fifth hit, depending on which turtle and what kind of combo you're using, will always be a knockdown, unless it's a particularly powerful enemy who might just be staggered backward. But if you keep mashing that button and then stop once you see that the guy's been knocked down, then you need to change the move that you have queued up. You don't just stop and hope that the character stops because you've still got an attack queued up. Instead, you might take and either switch directions and perform another attack so that you're attacking a different enemy, or if there's nothing there, you might taunt or you might do a dodge move in order to uh, you know to use up that uh, that cue that uh, that move you've got queued up. Uh, into something that will extend rather than break your combo. Okay, so like, you asked me to play this game, and yes. I did, and so I I took it from the same perspective, pretty much as I would, as if I were reviewing the game, uh, mostly focusing on the combat and stuff because I knew that was kind of the point of contention. So I'm like, all right, I only got a certain amount of time to play this game, uh. You know, a reviewer's only got a certain amount of time to play this game. I mean, realistically, you know, day one reviews are the best. So, you you know, you want to get it out as quickly as possible. Obviously, you want to give the game a chance, though. So, you're on a time constraint, and then you got to deal with the mechanics that are in place in this game. So, I'm playing this game, 
And in like the first like three or four hours, I'm kind of like, all right, like this is kind of frustrating. Like I'm doing things that I don't want to do. I kind of understand a little bit that there's this queuing up system or whatever. And it's frustrating me. And it's not until like six or seven hours in, I'm finally like, okay. And then a little help from you, you kind of explain that, what you just did right there. And I'm like, okay, like that's kind of weird. But why did it take me so long? Like, why? whose fault was this? Like, I'm trying to understand it. I'm trying to tell people, like, if I were to do this review, and I'm telling people, should you buy this game, and why you should or shouldn't, I'm looking at this and going, this is not an easy system to pick up on, especially if you haven't played a whole bunch of beat-em-ups or even fighting games. So I'm looking at this. Whose fault do you think it is? Is it Red Flash Studio or is it the reviewer's fault? What do you think? Me personally, I think it's more of a problem with the reviewer because, you know, there are games where the reviewer can do that, where the reviewer can just, you know, play the game in order to get a sense of it, you know, play through the story, just basically, you know, blast his way through it so that he can write a review. This is not one of those games. This is a game that you have to you have to love the genre in order to fairly judge this game. You've got to be willing to spend the time to understand how the game works and figure out why it's doing what it's doing. Steven says in the chat that uh, it sounds kind of complicated for a beat-em-up. Well, the beat-em-up has become like an actually a pretty complicated genre since Batman Arkham Asylum came out back in 2009. You know, it's changed to the point where it's no longer just, you know, five enemies are on the screen and you tap the attack button until they, you know, blink and disappear. You know, there's strategy and there are tactics that are that have been, you know, that each different kind of what we now call the Arkham style beat 'em ups, uh, you know, they focus on. There are different things. It's like Batman. Batman focuses on the idea of managing the number of bad guys that are on their feet at any given time. Uh, Captain America Super Soldier was all about smashing your way through the bad guys as quickly as possible. Ninja Turtles is about managing both of those aspects, but also with such a wide array of moves. Uh, depending not only on you know the type of inputs that you use, but also the personality of the turtle that you've selected. You know there are even moves that are you know wholly unique to Ninja Turtles, in that uh, you know uh, all of these modern style beat 'em ups, these Arkham style beat 'em ups, are uh, single player. But now you've got these four different turtles on there that are you know their fame comes in working together as a team. Right. You but know, here's, so here's, you've got here's the team where attacks. I'm saying, though. It's it becomes a little complicated because you think about the input system, and like Steve said, it sounds complicated for a beat 'em up. This whole queuing up system, like it's even hard to explain to a person because it is complicated. So you come from a fighting game, for example, right? Let's say let's just say you come from Smash Brothers, right? In Smash Brothers, you input the input that you put in there, and there's no extra input. Batman, for example, Batman Arkham Asylum, like it's. There is a slight button mashy type of thing that you can do, but not, not at all. Not really. You you could get away with a little bit of button mashing, not like assault no. cover, for example. No, you can't. I've bit. seen people button mash at Batman. There is no button mashability in there. You, you, not a stitch. Okay, fine. Either way, <laughs> I think there is because even when I first started playing it, I was button mashing a little bit. And I, I'm not talking about like mashing like blah, 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 type of stuff. I'm you know just talking about maybe two quick taps or something, but nothing happens. So for example, you know you throw a punch in Batman. If you hit the button twice, you're not really gonna break your combo. But if you hit it way too many times, then yes, obviously you're gonna break your combo, right? Well, so that, that's what you also gotta remember about. is that with Batman, the whole thing is you gotta get to that third hit. But then once you've got that third hit then every single strike that you use on an enemy is going to knock them down. So if you're button mashing, you know, yeah, you get one, two, and then three is the knockdown. But then what's going to end up happening is you keep going and trying to get that same one, two, three on the next guy, and you end up punching at air. 
Sure. You know, that's why there's no button mashing in Batman. Okay. So the fact that that's in let's just let's just use Ninja Turtles is inspired by Batman. Mm, okay. Out there. I'll I'll buy inspired by. Okay. So I won't say based on, but inspired by I'll accept. No, it's definitely inspired by. There's no arguing there. So Jesse Bain says you really can button mash in Batman as long as you're paying attention to everything. Which that's, Yeah, that's, I saw that's, that. Not true. Because if you're paying attention to everything, okay, and you understand that each hit is going to be a knockdown, then you're not button mashing, you're tap, tap, tap. Button mashing is going tap, 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 tap. Right, but that that's that's the semantic that I'm trying to explain. When I say when I'm saying button mashing, I'm not talking about tap 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 tap. I'm talking about you you might get a little excited and tap buttons once or twice, maybe too many times, but it doesn't necessarily kill you. Batman allows for that. And out of the shadows okay. you don't you don't have that allowance because of this queuing up system. So the players playing it, reviewers playing it and you're trying to get used to this system, and it's like, well, like, okay, like, I tapped it twice, like, why am I still going? Like, I stopped. I didn't want to keep going. Six hours in, like, it wasn't really that clear. Yeah, so but I'm does like, it really it take fault? six hours? I mean, me personally, I mean, I saw, I felt a little weird about it for the first, you know, hour or so. Because, I mean, you got to remember, I'm a Turtles freak. I was waiting for months for this game to come out. Sure. Okay, so when I got my hands on it, and, you know, I come from a history of, you know, I played Batman, I played Captain America. I mean, this new Arkham-style beat-em-up for me, it's like crack. I love it. I can't stop having it, you know. But, uh it was weird, but I mean, within the first 45 minutes, I stopped and I started experimenting and I figured out what the game was doing in less than an hour. And yes, it was hard to adjust to, but I mean, by the third hour, I mean, we're talking like by the end of the second chapter, I was on board and I understood it. So, I mean, am I unique in that respect? I mean, am I such a freak for these new modern beat-em-ups that I've, you know, that I'm something different? Because it seems so plain to me. I mean, explain the, it to me. Why did it? Why is it at six hours there are still people? I mean, we're not talking about somebody picking up their first video game here. We're talking about you know actual gamers and game reviewers that don't get this. So I mean, explain it to me. How was? How did? How did people not figure this out? It's not figuring it out. It's more explaining it, especially. Like you try. Well, I mean, I didn't it. have it's... anybody explain it to me. I figured no, but it out. You're, tr- you're trying to figure out how do I explain this system that I especially don't understand at this moment to a, a group of people and have them understand. Oh, you know, like it's got this queuing up system and all this kind of stuff. I'm playing the game, and I und- and I'm beginning to understand by you know first hour and a half or so. Okay, like I definitely can't button mash, but. I'm still not really understanding some of what happens after I try to move or when I try to initiate another attack. It's it's buffer is so big that oh, it's not big. It's permanent. The last input that you use is queued up. It's going to happen. That's why you need to change it if it's not something that's you know favorable to extending your combo. And that's what's not clear in the game. Something like that. And who and whose fault is that? Well, I have a hard time buying into it being the developer's fault because the game in uh, one of the, uh, you know how it gives you the tips at the load screens. One of the tips says that uh, if you're having trouble pulling off your special moves, the, uh, the right trigger and right thumbstick moves, that uh, you can cue them up during a longer attack animation like, uh, you know, like a turtle power knockout. You know, it says that you can take and queue up the attack, you know, in the middle of a longer animation, which is what the game does with all of your attacks, not just your special attacks or not just things that you're inputting during TPKO animations. Right, you know, the game break, spells break, it out. Right okay. We're going to take a break. We're going to play another song. Let's rest for a moment. <laughs> this song is hot for April. 
by Six Toe Sound from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shell Shocked Remix album. Available for free on OC Remix. You're listening to Barber's Bar. This is Progress Bar Radio. My name is Anthony Shelton. The song is Hot for April by Six Toe Sounds. That is on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shell Shocked Remix album available on OC Remix. Alright, so we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Uh, frequent listener El Zorro asked me to play it because he said I didn't understand it. And I thought the game was crap. And I still largely, I, I don't adore the game. I don't really like the game, but I, I find it tolerable. Um, and it's his, it's his favorite game of all time. I don't understand how that could be, especially with, it, with a game that has as many problems. And it's kind of hard to understand. So we're talking about this game. Uh, where did we leave off, Elzor? We were talking about uh, how the combat system has this queuing up you call it and uh you press one button if you press another button it automatically cues that attack automatically so it's going to execute it basically right yes okay so i'm saying that that system isn't particularly easy to explain or particularly easy to understand especially when you come from a whole bunch of different backgrounds um so I played the game and I got the hang of the idea behind the mechanic but it still didn't make a lot of sense in a lot of areas. You say you had to change your attacks if you want to keep your combo going. I'm thinking why do I need to change my attack? If I choose to use the same attack over and over and over again and it's working on the enemy, why do I need to change it up to keep my combo going even with this queuing up system? No, no. not so... that you have to change the attack that you're using, but once the enemy is defeated, if you've been mashing, you know, the attack buttons like the 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 weapon strike or the kick, 
then once the enemy goes down, then you've still got a weapons strike or a kick queued up. And if you leave it alone, then you're going to kick the air and you're going to lose your combo. Right. What I'm saying is you need to replace that with either a taunt or a dodge uh, or even a counter in some cases because the the counter also takes and extends your combo uh, as long as you then you know immediately follow it up with another attack that hits an enemy. Okay, Steven, in the chat, uh, he said, what is it, Skullgirls? Go ahead in the chat, explain uh, how that system uh, works in Skullgirls. I don't understand I, what Skullgirls is. It's a fighting game. So, oh, okay. Uh, the way I started understanding this game, and, and I realized like the combat system really isn't as bad as I thought it was, but again, you have to put in time to really understand it. Uh, and... I more likened it to Soul Calibur. If you button mash in Soul Calibur, uh, you'll put out a whole lot of different stuff. But specifically, there's a character named Maxi. Maxi. He uses nunchucks. And when you input several different attacks, you could literally set the controller down and he will just keep. And going. watch Maxi dance for and, the next 10 seconds. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Even if you, like, move, if you move the control stick, like, that could initiate a, an entirely different attack based on an input that you put before. So he could be a very, very confusing character at first. Obviously, if you play him long enough, uh, you'll get it. But but this is what I'm saying. Reviewers only have a certain amount of time. And Jaeger said it in the chat. You know, he hates day one reviews, but if you're trying to get paid, he understands that concept, which... Largely, I'm not a huge fan of day one reviews because you don't get, you know, 20 hours to sit down with a game. Sometimes, you you know, you got to bust it out. You can't really play it the way a, a typical player would play. And so, you know, you, you kind of go through it a little differently. So I, I understand that criticism. It's very fair. But it's a real thing that people want to know day one should I buy this game? People need to see day one, do, should I really invest $60 in the game? It's, it's a real need. So reviewers feel like they need to meet it. So it's a thing. And you're playing this game and people aren't understanding it. And I didn't have, and they didn't have help like you gave me help, right? I was getting it. And you could tell I was getting it. But at the same time, it was like, well, why if I knock somebody down, is it like, how do I stop that from how do I predict when certain things happen? And the system just wasn't super clear. And you brought up the tutorial that pops up. And that tutorial was for one very specific type of move, not for the combat as a whole. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, so for that move, I can execute early and I know it's going to execute but i didn't oh, what you also have to remember is that uh they're like batman batman takes and it also has a similar queuing system to it but it's not permanent if you you know hit another attack button immediately as you know he's rushing over to strike down some thug then you know nothing's going to happen when you know once you're once the action is complete Hence but if he's doing just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, fine. Okay, I'll give you that. Thank you. But uh, if, you know, but when you're doing, it's like, okay, you're doing a counter move, and it's one of those counters where he, you know, grabs the guy's punching arm, headbutts him, and then, you know, kicks him in the chest to knock him away. Okay, but in the middle of all that, if you take and you use the, uh, I forget what they call it, his uh his you know limb breaker finisher combo finisher uh then he'll take and it'll queue up for the next attack or right. if you're close enough to the end of the current animation it'll just take and snip off the end of the animation and go straight into you know doing his you know his finisher move right but you know the the only difference between that and you know this game the ninja turtle game is that the queue is permanent he'll take and he'll do his animation all the way to the very end and then go into right into the next move that you have queued up. But this, but this, okay. So you got all that explained. 
We understand that. Now, I still think it's a problem with Redfly Studio in this particular case that it takes so long to understand the mechanic. I disagree. Okay. I think it's a problem with how the reviewer is playing the game. You see, uh, like I said, you know, I figured that something was funky about it. So I took a minute and I stopped and I experimented with it and I figured it out in less than an hour. I figured out why the game was doing the way it does. Like these quotes that I read earlier, you know, there's one guy that says that it's so broken that there's, you know, that, uh, you know, the character does things that you don't tell it to do. You take it, you know, you look at this guy who says that uh, the gap between the, uh, there's a gap, a definite gap, he says, between when you press the button and when the action takes place. But if any of these guys had stopped for five minutes in the middle of a level in order to experiment and figure out why the game is doing what it's doing, then they could have taken and adjusted their perspective in order to compensate for this new and, you know, this different mechanic. This is all, I mean, it's meant to do what it does, you know? And the question is, is the reviewer going to take and learn the game, you know, learn why or how the game works in order to play it the way it's supposed to be played? Or is he just going to gripe and moan about how the game doesn't work the way he wants it to? Okay, so yeah, and that's and that's a whole another topic. Well, let's let's get into that real quick because the reviewer's job is to play the game as they would play the game, right? Because I mean, there's no objective reviews. There's it's all subjective. So you're looking at this review, and you're looking at it going, okay, how how am I going to play this game, right? Uh, and in order to tell the consumer, this is this is what I expect out of my beat 'em ups, right? I expect when I hit the button, I expect an attack to come out. If I press it again, I either expect nothing, or I expect things to get messed up, or you know whatever perspective that they have. Either way, they come in with all their perspectives and understanding of what they think they want from this game. So they put it out there. Like you said, one guy said it's completely and utterly broken and all of that, which I would say that's a stretch. Um, but it's not easy for the person to understand. They're, they're playing this game, and they're saying, well, okay, like I'm pressing the button, and it's a little bit delayed. It's a fair criticism. They want their, their, attacks, they want their attacks to come out quickly. Now, yes, there is a way to play the game, is that the kind of beat 'em up that they want to play? Eh, maybe, maybe not. And they need to articulate that. That's their responsibility to do that. If they don't, okay. that's their problem. The problem, okay. Here's, okay. <sighs> Come on. Okay, so <laughs> I've always likened the Arkham-style combat system to uh, Guitar Hero, but with more punching bad guys in the face. To say... The thing that you're saying that, you know, that that the game isn't working, you know, because he wants the game to work a certain way is like saying that you're annoyed that you missed the note because you pressed, you know, because the, the prompt was to hit green and red, but it felt more like a green and blue kind of note. Does that make any sense? Do you ever, did no. you ever play Guitar Hero? I mean, yes, but that particular analogy doesn't resonate with me. But I think I see what you're saying. Go ahead. You know, you have to look at how the game does what it does. Right. You can't look at how, you know, whether or not the game works the way you think it ought to. Okay, but let me and give you an it, example. Um, Rayman okay. Legends. Um, I, platformer freak, love platformers. Um, my standard is Mario. I, I love the Mario mechanics, the way the physics work, uh, but love Rayman Legends better than the new Super Mario Brothers series uh, as a platformer and just technically. But one thing I found particularly annoying is when you're doing challenges, uh, obviously you got to move as quickly as possible. One thing that became extremely frustrating is with Rayman Legends, the moment you touch the ground, 
you don't have the chance to jump back again. Uh, you got to wait for like half a split second in order to jump again, which when okay. you're trying to go as fast as possible, it's kind of annoying. And yeah. in Mario games, when you hit the ground, you could jump again. Boom, boom, boom. Love that. Now, I got used to it in Rayman Legends. I adjusted to it. Still didn't like it, though. It, that's a fair credit. I could say I still don't like it. I still don't prefer that. It's fine. Okay. You can get used to it. But, but I, I'm telling in your people, review that's, of Rayman Legends, do you refer to that as being broken? No, I won't. The fact that you can't jump immediately broken. when you land. No, I will not refer to it as broken. No. Okay, these people did. Right. And that's where you they have said the that the game functions and, incorrectly because of the way it functions. And I can say, after playing it myself, it, it's it's not broken. It it's it functions as it's designed to function. But I will say, I don't think Redfly Studio did a very good job of initiating people into the idea of the system because it is very different from your standard beat-em-up, whether it's just your tap-tap-tap, kind of a Ninja Turtles 2 arcade your, style. Yeah, your one-button beat-em-up. Yeah, or your Batman Arkham style. It's very different. And I don't think Red Flash Studio did a very good job of really introducing that because you got a whole different gamut of people trying to play this game. This is a Ninja Turtle Okay, game. but then you're running across, you know, you're running across common themes of, uh, you know, the the classic video gamer double standards. I mean, on one hand, there's the games that, you know, handhold you. And then on the other hand, there's the games that let you figure it out for your own self, you know, and... Uh, yeah, but I think there is a good balance between letting the game handhold you and immediately coming upon understanding the systems. If you, we'll just take a very extreme example. If you play Mario, uh, you understand all the systems that are in place. You understand. Oh, no, that's hit, because there's only two or three of them. But if you, but you understand a lot of the other mechanics. For for example, pressing down on a pipe means you might be able to go down a pipe. Hitting a brick, being large, you can break it. Being small. You can't break it. Uh, yeah, but you're talking about mechanics that go back three decades. This, right, but uh, you got to remember the Batman stay with style. Me, stay with the me. Principally, arc- we're talking principally, right? Just the idea of a player playing a game and being to being able to quickly understand the mechanics that are in place. You can't do that with Out of the Shadows. It's not quick, and the game is only like five or six hours. And by the time you're if in your you fourth take hour, a ten-year-old kid who's never played a video game before, like there's any of those left anymore, uh, and you put him in front of Super Mario Brothers, <laughs> no, I mean if you take a kid that's never played a video game, and you put him in front of Super Mario Brothers, do you think he's going to think to you know to duck down on top of a pipe? Perhaps. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen a. I think the only reason I think the only reason did, kids duck on pipes is because it, they've been doing it. You know, everybody knows the reference of going down the pipe. You know, so but you're talking about things that have been going back thirty years. What I'm talking about is a mechanic that you can take and look at uh, from a game that's or from a style of gameplay. That's only, what, six years old now? Five and a half, even. Right, but we're still talking about principally. The idea of designing a game with mechanics in mind where they're quickly able to understand so the player doesn't have to think too hard about what's happening. And I understand. Play the game. You will be able to understand it eventually. But not everybody will understand as quickly. So the game's only like five or six hours. Why does it take so long to understand what's happening? Well, the game isn't just five or six hours. I mean, you look at, first of all, you take a look at the uh, the uh, special weapon attack upgrades. You get one upgrade point to upgrade your special weapon attack for each level that you clear. Each character has three levels of their special weapon attack. So you're talking about in order to unlock all of these special weapon moves, you need to clear the game four, eight, three times. But who wants to do that if they don't really I did. like the system? Well, of course, you do. <laughs> of course. But, I'm ta- but I'm then I also figured out how the game the works within the first hour. Right. I mean... I think you're an anomaly, personally, <laughs> with this game. Well, I'm that, an again, anomaly that, in a lot of ways. Well, yes, that is true. But 
like I said, I understood the game. You, 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 you witnessed me play the game. I, I did live stream it. Uh, you know, we talked about it. Um, I understand it. And the mechanics do work as they should. And at the end of the day, I'm willing to say that it is a decent game. Like, uh, at first I was like, nah, the game is trash. But <laughs> now I can, I can definitely say it is a decent game. The mechanics work as they should. But I still think it's Red Fly Studio responsibility to bring the players in quicker so that they can understand it. And they're not putting the game down within the first hour or, you know, hour and a half because they don't get it. And that's the problem. Like, players will put it down because they don't get it because it's something completely different. Well, maybe the players will, but the reviewers absolutely shouldn't, and they did. And it sounds like I would agree with that. All right, we got one more song. This is Mexican Mission by Graham Norgate. You can find it on the Time Splitters 2 original soundtrack, which is available on Bandcamp. You're listening to Progress Bar. This is Progress Bar Radio. My name is Anthony Shelton. This song is Mexican Mission by Graham Norgate. On the Time Splitters 2 original soundtrack, 
which is available on Bandcamp. All right. So last segment. Um, decided we're going a little longer today. Having a spirited conversation about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. Oh, S- Steven, please don't bring up uh, Mutant Melee. <laughs> or, there's another one, too. Uh, Ninja Turtles Smash Up. Oh, God, that one's absolutely awful, too. Anyway, um, yeah, I remember playing Mutant Melee. I didn't like that one, either. Uh, did you play Mutant Melee? Wasn't that the... Uh... 2003 styled uh, Ninja Turtles uh, arena brawler, like yeah, so, uh, yeah. it's like Power Stone, but with yeah. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I no, like never it. played it. Okay, yeah, I, didn't like I think it. I might have messed with it at a Best Buy or a Fry's Electronics once. Yeah, yeah, that was. I didn't like that. I would, if you want to try it, go for it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it though. Um, it's too simplified. Like. Yeah, power yeah. is complex. Uh, not even like super complex, but well, he says 2005, but you call it 2003 because that's when the series that the look was based on had debuted. Just yeah, like the, the one that game. runs now is the 2012 series. Sure. So, um, but okay. Uh, so we're talking about Out of the Shadows and uh, Elzora. Why is it your favorite game? Let's just let's just get to it. Oh, well, of all time, for freaking sakes. <laughs> Open, you know, full disclosure, I will never say that it is the best game of all time. I will never even say it was the best game of 2013. I won't really say it was the best game of anything, but it's my favorite game of all time just because... It makes me cringe every time you say that. (laughs) No, man, but, you know, it took... Yes, it cribbed a little bit from Batman, but then when a game like Batman Arkham Asylum comes out and spawns a whole new genre, then if nobody cribs from it or takes the idea and, you know, works it into their own game, then the idea goes nowhere and eventually it dies. So yes, it cribbed from Batman, but it was also so different. I mean, we're talking about a game that had three separate move sets. You know, you had your regular combo attacks, your strike and your, uh, and your, you know, uh, your kicks, you had your combo finishers, mm-hmm. you had your, uh, your special attacks. And that's just the single, you know, the one character, single player moves. Then you had things like, uh, you know, you had the tie up where you grab the enemy's weapon and you hold onto it, you lock them up and then you call in one of your teammates to bash them. Or you had the juggle attacks where you could knock a bad guy up into the air and call in one of your teammates to slam him back down. You know, it was, uh, you know, there's just so much to the combat in that game. So many different ways to play it. And then when you add up the fact that, number one, I'm a huge Ninja Turtles freak. Okay, and then two, the fact that each one of the Ninja Turtles, I mean, we're talking about four characters in a beat-em-up, and each one not only played a different role in combat, but also had very distinct personalities. I mean, even when you do, like, a simple walk, if you ever turn the camera around backwards and just walk the characters... You can actually control the camera. You can control the camera. It's when you let the camera control itself that you get in trouble. And it does that on its own. I'm just throwing that out there. Keep going. But uh, if you take a look at the characters as they're walking as a group, you'll see that Raph just kind of tromps along. You know, uh, Leonardo takes and he just does his regular everyman walk. You've got Donatello who does kind of a shuffling, almost like a almost a shaggy walk from Scooby-Doo. And then you've got uh, Michelangelo who's got his thumbs up and he's just like like he's holding on to his suspenders as he's just strolling down the street, you know? There's so much personality in the game, and frankly, personality is a lot of what's missing from games nowadays. It just seems like, you know, everybody's just Marcus Phoenix, who's fucking, oops, sorry, who's angry all the time. And then I you've got... this thing uh, explicit. Dang it. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. But uh, then you've got, uh, you know, Master Chief, and Master Chief is just stoic and, you know, kind of stony. But... 
you know, then you've got things that's like some of my favorite games are some of the most overlooked games of all time. I mean, you've got Captain America from Captain America Super Soldier, who's just so wholesome and inspiring. Mm-hmm. You've got Ruby Malone from Wet, who's just angry and, you know, kind of cursy and just really just, I mean, there's so much personality in some of these B games, you know, these B list games. And it's just, it's appalling to me that they get overlooked just because they're not Halo and Gears of War and Uncharted. And I can hear all your passion and it's it's there, but there's so many games out there. Like how, I, I just don't understand how this is your favorite game of all time. Hundreds of games out there and this one? Really? Well, because... Punching bad guys in the face is my favorite thing ever, especially since Arkham Asylum came out. And while Batman Arkham City is the most technically perfect, uh, you know, uh, beat em up of all time, this one's just got the personality, it's got the characters that I love, and it's got just the deepest moveset, you know, for a single character and for the team. I mean, team attacks were something that was never done because there's never been more than one hero in a fight before this game came out. You know, how do you not love a game that's willing to take this brand new, you know, shiny new idea and add so much to it in a single go? Even if, you know, a lot of stuff about the game is a little bit sideways or doesn't really work all the time. But, you know, I mean, you're willing to overlook just the core of it. The core of it was so brilliant. Even if all the technical details didn't get perfectly ironed out. Mm. Yeah, I still play the game and I still don't. And I still think that Red Fly Studio didn't do a good job of really letting the player really get used to the system. Uh, because it's so different. They want to explain, you know, one small section of a move that well, talks I about mean, the queuing up system, and then the rest is just figure it out on your own. It's like, yeah, oh, it yeah. was only a line of text, but if you were paying attention and you realized that, you know, that that what the game was doing wasn't actually broken or screwed up, then you know that one line of text tied the whole thing up for you i would say it tied it i would say that text helped clue me in that it existed uh but it didn't necessarily drive it home like this is the entire game like that's how it works and it's like okay like you expect somebody who maybe doesn't play a whole bunch of beat-em-ups or maybe comes from batman to play this and to stick with it for the entire five hours Eh, i don't think uh red fly studio got that right but Well, the one thing I will say is I really, you know, when a game like this comes out and it doesn't do as well, like it does so poorly that you know it's never going to get a sequel, you still want to see the team come back and try it again, even if it's wearing a different skin. And the the rumors that Redfly Studio was putting together a next-gen take on its canceled Darth Maul Star Wars beat-em-up I really hope that comes through because even if it's only, you know, even if it's a Star Wars version of Out of the Shadows, a single player Star Wars Out of the Shadows, I still want to see them come back and refine the technique that they, you know, the the ideas that they put out. You know, I wanted to see next level games come out and do a sequel or at least a spiritual successor in the same vein as uh, Captain America Super Soldier. And yeah, that I never would, happened I, either. You know, I, I want to get that. a second chance at a red fly beat em up. Yeah, I, you know, I, could, so. I could see that. I mean, the formula that is there uh, was pretty good. Um, and it would be nice to see them refine that. They would have to work on a whole lot of other technical stuff that they didn't get right. Uh, that concerns me about their strategy and their style but you know well then remember i mean but it uh, was a licensed game that was downloaded only how big a budget do you really imagine they got i and that's one thing i will stand by i still stand by the idea that i'm 
not 100% sure Activision gave them a whole bunch of budget to work with, but with what you have and with what you know you're going to implement, I still hold the developer some responsibility for implementing and not cleaning up the things that are pretty obvious. Things that navigation around the levels, terrible level design. That's not Activision's fault. That's their fault. The level design wasn't terrible. It was the prompting that was kind of terrible. Uh, if if you if there's no prompting, that corner that corner of the roof that you got stuck on, because the glowing only started when you went like three feet to the right, that was just bad prompting. That was not a bad level design because you could see the building was over there and it was lit up, so you knew you had to go there. Right, but remember, but the part when you, you got, got stuck no on where you had to climb the uh, the thing, you got stuck on that for a long time because you didn't know where to go. Well, Part that's that because I design. play survival all the time. I don't really play. But I got stuck on it too, but I'm sure a lot of people did because you don't know, oh, I can climb this because you spend the entire game stuck on the ground, maybe vaulting over a few things, and you don't know, oh, on some of these things I can actually climb. So now they have this glowing system, which is hit or miss. Sometimes it shows up, sometimes it doesn't. No, it and always shows up. You just got to be standing in the right place. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's that's their problem. That's not Activision's hey, fault. Hey, if if it wasn't glowing, it was because you were standing in the wrong place. No, nope. Don't be over here trying to add shovel stuff onto the that's onto all the problems. I that cannot they, shovel know. what they've already shoveled onto themselves. They've already <laughs> dug their own grave. Hey, right. hey, I won't have you talking about graves for Red Fly Studio. Long live Red Fly. And hey. hashtag we want mall. No God. Alright. Alright. Give it up for El Zorro. He I think he did an admiral job today. Admirable job. All Except right. for one four lettered slip, but uh, you know that's that's okay. He you did all right. Alright, that's Well if you've ever played a show. game with me, then you know I did exceptionally well with only one slip. You did, you did. Good <laughs> sir, you did. Alright, that'll do it for today's show. It's a little longer today. Hope you had a good time. Uh, thanks for listening. You can follow on Spreaker. We're live every weekday, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining the chat. Jesse Baines, thanks for hopping in today. Appreciate it. Steven Yeager, thanks for hopping in as well. And of course, El Zorro, thanks for uh, hopping on with me. Oh, thanks for the discussion, man. It's good. All right. That'll do it. Talk to you later.